Good evening, friends. Welcome to another episode of Perfect in Love with John and Kim. I'm John. And I'm Kim. Oh, hot dog. It's a Thursday night. We had another new episode for you. Woo. We did not have hot dogs for dinner. No hot dogs for dinner. Like every good red-blooded American couple that has no money and is broke. We spent money we didn't have. We went out to eat, and it was marvelous. Did not have to cook. What a wonderful Monday. 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 Woo, I'm tired. You say Monday, Thursday. I do say Monday, Thursday. That's what it always sounds like. What a great Holy Week. Anyway, yeah, had the day off. We went out to eat. You good. have the right socks on today. Holy socks? Mm-hmm. Does I have a hole in my sock? I don't know. No. I have a hole in my socks, though. No, I, well, you know, uh, how else would you get your legs in? Anyway. Right. Okay. <clears throat> we got a very, very special interview for you folks tonight. Uh, dear friends that we've been privileged to do life with and, yeah, and to serve side by side with at Bayshore Camp here, our dear friends Annabelle and Corey. Da, da, da. I mean, ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Annabelle and Corey, what can we say? Um, you I, had Annabelle as a camper. For a very long time. A very long time. I had, I had Corey. Every single year he was a camper here. He was in my cabin. Once. <laughs> Every time. Um, and we've gotten to serve side by side as counselors. And uh, we were blessed to attend their wedding. Mm-hmm. And just um, just so proud of them. Such a great um, God-following, uh, Jesus-believing couple who... Just radiate Holy Spirit off of them, and it's it's so cool. Well, and it's cool that we've talked about this a little bit prior to recording, but it's really cool to have their perspective because we've always loved camp for the fact that it's strengthened our relationship together and our marriage by serving here and loving on kids and just doing the same thing in different capacities and seeing each other serve. And Corey and Annabelle were able to experience that too um it's just been really cool to see them both as campers and now as a married couple um and have kind of the similar or the same um experiences that we've had um so it's been really cool to to see that over time and it's been it was really cool to actually be able to sit down and talk with them and actually have that comparison too yeah and i'm glad you brought that up that's you know i've sat at other times and tried to you know, explain to people when we've talked to them about what it's like to just serve together and, you know, the different reasons and, and experiences we get getting to do this. And, you know, if I can take this uh, little PG-13, so uh, small children, delicate ears, maybe some earmuffs right now would be good. Um, there are a few things on this planet that are just sexier than seeing your your spouse serve Christ and just pour into other people and getting to work side by side with them and just getting to know that spiritual side of them and to and to see that um, it, it's been a great opportunity for us and I think our relationship has just grown leaps and bounds every time we've been able to um, serve at camp side by side. 
because I mean, like, even though I'm obviously been with the girls' cabin and you've been with the guys' cabin, or last year you were, you know, serving lunch and you were doing all sorts of things and we were going in opposite directions, we leave that week and we come home and we, there's things that we can talk about and conversation starters that prior to camp we didn't really have because we were hearing the same message, we were experiencing the same worship, like it brings out a different form of communication. And that part's really cool too. Well, and the, you know, to be able to look across the tabernacle or, or um, the dining hall or wherever it is, and, and to be able to see you, you know, just pouring in, whether it's, you, you might not even be talking or, or, you know, you, it's not like you're preaching or anything, but just, pouring into a group of kids that you genuinely care about and, and you, but you don't care for them because they're your nieces and nephews or they're your own kids or they're whatever you, you have no other investment other than they're here and you're here to serve them and to just show them Christ and to see you pour into them and just to be that genuine and caring to them, whether it's making sure they get the food they need or you're just listening to them talk about things they care about or what's going on in their life. I mean, to see that capability and to see that love in your spouse, it just, it, it stirs something in you. And, and I think your relationship just has to grow from that. Yeah. You know, and to see genuine worship out of your spouse when you're in the tabernacle, to see them, you know, be able to do that just, without reservation, without care um, for what else is going on, for what's happening after church, for, you know, all the other things that can distract us anywhere else. So, And the word that comes to mind is selfless, because I think a lot Mm. of that that we do throughout the week, serving as counselors, cabin leaders, and everything that we do is selfless in wanting to make the experience for the campers, like the priority, like, we as adults get something from camp too, but they're our priority while we're here and we pour everything that we have into them. And I think that gives us a lot of things to relate to and talk to each other about on yeah. how, you know, this camp responded or things that, you know, happen throughout the week. And that that's a really special thing. And not a lot of couples get to experience that. Yeah. So I guess moral of the story is um, if you, potentially have that opportunity, I, I highly encourage you to do it. It, I think it feeds and fuels your relationship differently than a trip away together or a traditional vacation. It feeds and fuels it differently than a marriage retreat or counseling. or other, And all those things are super important. Um, but this is too. And it's, it's just a really good, unique opportunity is being able to serve side by side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so as we talked with Annabelle and Corey, um, I, the one thing that consistently comes to mind for me is, you know, quite often people look to and remember the people with the really dramatic, um, you know, testimony um, those moments of, you know, I, I was in this bad place or I, I didn't really know about God or I didn't grow up in the church or whatever. And then this happens, this 
the agent of change happened and then I found God and then things were better. Um, you know, Annabelle especially is one that to mention and talk about how, you know, she always remembers growing up in the church and, and having God in her life. And, and I don't want to misquote or anything, but that's, that's what I hear anyway. Um, and so what I kept thinking of when they talk about what camp meant for them and what camp did for them and, and how it impacted them. Um, I, I thought of this um, section, this section in Hebrews 12 um, at the beginning of chapter 12. And so, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And so I just thought of that because of the way they talk about how camp shaped them, and that space being around so many you know, like-minded people and, and just letting camp work on them to keep them from growing weary and keep them focused on the race and focused on chasing the Lord. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I don't either. And, and to be honest, this is a really just chill week for us. Um, you know, trying to keep your anxiety down keep you focused on just being ready for co competing at Salt Lake next week. And I leave Tuesday. Yeah, you leave Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Your first time flying kind of by, by yourself. I mean, not by yourself. There's going to be pilots and other people on the plane, but you'll be the only one you know. Probably, unless there's a Detroit skater I know. But yeah, by yeah. myself and my party. And your party. The party. party for one. Party of one. <laughs> party uh, of one with a witch costume and a Cinderella costume. There you go. Carrying a broom for, through TSA. That's going to be fun. So I guess before we get to Annabelle and Corey, um, Bayshore Camp Benefit Auction coming up April 22nd. Come check that out. It's live for the first time in a few years. And in person, there's a, um, a baking competition. There's both adult and kids. Um, you can an enter that yourself. If you have something that you're particularly famous for baking, uh, potentially win a free week at camp. Yeah, yeah. Um, but lots of cool things in the auction to bid on. All the proceeds go towards, where do they go towards? Camp scholarships. What? What does that do? So if a family cannot afford to send their child to camp, they can they can apply for a scholarship through the camp scholarship fund. Campership form fund, more or less, is the name of it. But um, they can go to camp for minimal amount, which is really cool. Um, I was a kid that got scholarships to come to camp when I was younger, and if it wasn't for that, my family wouldn't have been able to afford it either. So the auction makes it possible for kids like that, kids like me, um, to come to camp. So. You know, and I just thought of this too. And so, I and I'm aware we don't quite have the following or listening audience yet of like, you know, the NFL or Survivor or or Netflix series, whatever it is that you're into watching or listening to. 
So for those of you that are listening and, and are able to hear what's about to happen, um, spread the word, please. But I was just thinking of this. When I hear of, you know, scholarship available or campership available or financial aid, those kind of things, I start, like, my heart starts to race. I start to want to vomit a little bit. I think of difficult forms. I think of people looking down on me. I think of really complicated and and tough. Is that fair or am I alone? And it's really easy. Yeah. So, yeah, right? It's really easy. And here's the other thing. Like, the camp is aware that it's it might not be that that you're in a spot where you can't feed your kids or you can't take care of them or that you're about to lose your house or anything like that. Like, you don't have to be poor to accept campership. You just have to go, listen, it's going to be tough to do x y and z and send little stephanie to camp great we don't want stephanie to miss camp are you sure her name wasn't courtney could be courtney <laughs> whatever <Inside joke. laughs> um we you know the mission is to not have anybody miss camp no camper left behind. no camper left behind mm-hmm. and so whatever that means whatever it is whatever it is that you can afford um great help us out it does cost money to run this ministry mm-hmm. but we've been blessed and, and we hope we'll, we'll continue to be as long as we operate within god's will and continue to serve our serve the mission mm-hmm. which is to have both kids and adults alike be introduced to and foster in the relationship with christ yeah and talking about camp scholarships i have been given the privilege this summer of deaning one of the very first camps on shut the, the front door. Shut the front door. What? We don't really have a front door. That what camp is that? You can shut. Anyways, um, <laughs> primary camp. So it's a three-day overnight uh, camp for going into third and fourth grade. Um, I am planning a 1950s kind of Greece sock hop spinoff um, for this camp, and I'm. Um, recruiting staff and the staff that I already have are are really awesome people and some uh, folks that we've connected with when we lived in Vassar. So I'm really excited to have them here either for the first time or coming back. Um, and it's going to be a really fun time. But I plug that in right here because scholarships are available. So if you know of any third or fourth grader, like they can apply for scholarship to come to primary. It's only three, three days, two nights. Um, so it gives them a perfect introduction to overnight camps, especially if they haven't really done a, a whole lot overnight anywhere else. Um, but if you know any um, kids that may be a little bit younger or a little bit older, there's scholarships available for all of the other camps we offer here at camp too. That's just the one I'm kind of partial to because I'm I'm working that and worship arts. So those are those are two that we're involved with, but there's scholarships and lots of openings for all of our other camps too. Absolutely. Great opportunities. There's We could talk all night on that, and we really already have most of the night. But, uh, yeah, great opportunities. I'm really, um, really excited for you guys to get to hear from Annabelle and Corey, though, and what they have to say about the experience. And then you're all going to just rush to BayshoreCamp.org and get your children signed up because they're going to be here again this summer too. Mm-hmm. 
Worship be, Arts Camp. They're going to be serving as cabin leaders for Worship Arts. Both Absolutely. Of them. So they'll both be here. Annabelle's brother will be here. Uh, it's going to be a good time. And sister-in-law. And sister-in-law. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Don't forget Audrey. That's right. So anything else? Um, we need to pray. Did we pray already? No, we did not pray already. <laughs> it's I, been a long night. I might give it away, but this is like the 10th attempt tonight. We've it's, had some technical difficulties. It's not the 10th, but it, yeah, it's been a couple times. Your silly programming over there was being, being a goof. So. All right, let's pray. All righty. Lord, thank you so much for um, just this opportunity to serve here. Thank you for everything you continue to bless us with. Um, thank you so much, first and foremost, and, and most of all, for your son. Thank you for um, the opportunity for salvation that we we didn't earn, we don't deserve, but um, has been created for us, each and every single one of us. Um, and thank you for the free will in our lives to, to accept that. Um, I pray that everyone here knows the weight of that. If they don't, they have the boldness and courageousness to seek that out and to Make that happen, Lord. And if they do know you, that you just take that little spark, that little flame, that little pilot light, and we, you just help us just do whatever it takes to fan that and turn that into an all-consuming fire, Lord. Let us not grow weary of seeking that and doing that and trying to glorify you. Pray all these uh, precious thing, things in your precious name. Amen. We didn't talk about follow, like, subscribe, do all the things. Yep, do that. On all the socials. And um, thank you to everybody that commented on the post we put out today on our Facebook, um, saying that we were going to put out a super cool episode tonight about or featuring a, quote, married camp couple. And we had people guess throughout the day on who they thought it may be. And up until probably a half an hour ago, we finally got somebody that guessed Annabelle and Corey, um, which we're pretty happy about because we didn't think anybody was going to. Um, guest and her name is Heather and we counseled with her at worship arts camp. So shout out to you, Heather, if you're listening, um, John said earlier today, you get a big smile and that's what you get. There it is. <laughs> um, yeah. And so those of you that we haven't gotten to talk to about your camp stories yet, uh, what are you waiting for? Let's do it. So thank you to all of you. Um, keep listening. We're going to turn it over to Annabelle and Corey next. Have a good night. Good night. All right, Annabelle, Corey, how did you come to be a part of Bayshore? Hey, well, um, I actually was introduced to Bayshore first. Um, my mother had grown up in northern northern Michigan, and um, she went to Bayshore when she was a kid. She did junior music and senior music, um, and then... Me, when I was growing up, for the first half of my childhood, I lived on the East Coast, and then we moved to Michigan when I was eight, and um, my mom really wanted me to go to the camp, um, and I lived like four hours away, so it was a little weird, but um, that's how I got involved, and I really loved it, and so I just kept going every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I was introduced to Bayshore, um, and I, it wasn't until my last year of high school when... Um, Annabelle and I started dating, and she in, she had invited me along um, for for my last the last summer that I could be a part of it. Well, and it was my mom who invited. And it you. was, yeah, that is. I so my that. mom is very. I always forget that. Part. Instrumental. Yes. 
Yeah, it was her mom who was like, you should go to this camp. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, really? What camp? And then I had Annabelle tell me about it. Yeah. Well, you know, I was going to say, you got brought along the same way I did. But no, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I came because a pretty girl said I should. <laughs> no, I actually didn't want him to come at first. I was like... This is all my camp friends. Yeah, it's She was like gatekeeping this secret camp life. But we, had, we had just started dating. Now I'm so, so glad we yeah, get to do it, it was, together. It was literally like right, it was like a two or three months after we started dating. Yeah. Now I'm really glad so, we together. Okay. So it was good that my mom nudged us. No, I get it. It was early on and you were like, all right, I got to keep this safe in case it doesn't work out because like, right. they like him more. Like... <laughs> What, yeah, right. what if I don't get the camp and the breakup? That's no good. <laughs> yeah. They really, and everybody really liked Corey. So, you know, <laughs> he was definitely like top 10, one of my favorite campers that year. Aww. Sick. There, there were, probably, were 10. probably like nine campers. That's <laughs> well, not true. I think, if I remember in the year right, I think we actually had a pretty big cabin that year. Yeah, that was, it was pretty Actually, I think it was a really big year. I think we had like yeah. maybe 60 or 70 students mm-hmm. that year. And we might have I, actually had like two rooms in that in the bear cave that year. Yeah, I also likely we're had like, three like co-counselors who were also basically my campers. So Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> probably to keep track of. Um enough about me though. Okay, so <laughs> what were you excited about when you came to camp? What were you nervous about? Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Um, I, I can go first this okay. time. Um, I was definitely excited to, to me, because I didn't have, like, a whole lot of context going in. Like, the thing that I was really excited about was getting to just kind of go and, like, play music with other, young, like, young Christians. I, I was like, okay, it'll be, like, a cool environment. Um, I'm definitely going to be more focused on, like, the instrumental, like, stuff. You know, I'm going to, like, I'm going to enjoy getting to go drum um, and just kind of hang around other music and arts people. Um, I definitely was also, again, because the relationship between Annabelle and I was so new, and we had sort of, like, you know, she was nervous about bringing me, and I knew that, and so I was nervous about, like, coming (laughs) and being, like, I was nervous about how our um, relationship was going to affect our experiences there, for sure, Um, which didn't, you know, it ended up being, um, I wouldn't say it was the easiest week in that regard, but, like, we did, uh, it was an important week for us, for Mm -hmm. sure, Um, because it was kind of, like, I mean, it was important for me because I got the introduction to that, to the camp, which, you know, I love coming back as a counselor now, um, but also like for our relationship, it was, it was good to um, learn how to kind of be a, try to be a part, but also like focused on Jesus in the same place. How, yeah. at that, so at that point, your guys' uh, relationship, when you came to camp, how close were you to David at that point? Um, I... David was our designated third wheel. Yeah. Um, yeah. My parents didn't let us like ever be alone together. And so it was David's job to make sure that was the case. Yeah. And so I don't know if he, were you guys like really close friends at that point or was I he just always around? He was, I think it was kind of in between. By then it had already been like a few months of like, we were hanging out a lot. And so, mm-hmm. and thus I was hanging out with David a lot because that was how it was working. But like, yeah. I don't think I think he and I were close. We nerded out a lot about about a lot of the same things, and like we got along really, really well. But I don't think that we were like close, close until like the following year, because like I actually went to go like live with her family while she was away at college, and that was when he and I kind of became like more brotherly. I think. Um, but like even then, yeah, we were 
we were fairly close. We just weren't like as tight as we are. Yeah, it just struck me while you were talking. I'd never thought about that. Yeah, I know how close yeah. you guys are now, and mm-hmm. I don't remember that dynamic being exactly the same that year. So no, yeah, it was a little bit. Again, like he was, we were super cool with each other, but yeah, we didn't, we weren't bonded in nearly the same way that we are now eight years later. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Annabelle, you were terrified to show up to camp, or what was the? I, so I was nine my first year and I went to junior music camp. Um, I was really, I think I was nonchalant about it actually when I was looking forward to it. Yeah. (laughs) I was, I figured I said that as a nine year old too. Yeah, probably. Uh, She probably, no, you probably did. Um, I was very, I read a lot of books. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I kind of thought it would be like a piece of cake because I had like stayed with my grandparents a lot and I figured it would feel exactly the same as that and it totally was not I actually ended up being sort of a nervous wreck when I was at camp my first year um and everything was kind of different than I expected like it wasn't bad it just like I had a vision in my head and it didn't meet my vision and so it like freaked me out and um I kind of I would like get sick in the mornings I was every counselor's worst nightmare (laughs) I cried a lot I tried to call my parents things like that um but in the afternoons I would get over it and I would love it and so I would have this weird like super energetic super happy super happy to be here the afternoon and then I'd have these terrible horrible mornings (laughs) so that was kind of my first year experience um uh but I somehow felt like the afternoons that I enjoyed so much overpowered the mornings that I was a nervous wreck mm-hmm. and I decided to come back <laughs> so in yeah. the year I had you in the cabin I think was probably your second year it was yeah yes. it was a completely different turnaround because I came to you as as the camper of being strong in your maturity and your nature to help some of the other kids that were struggling and I as you know maybe a second or third year counselor pointed that out right away so it's amazing mm. to me you talking about your first year on how like everything kind of switched from you know the first year I seen you in a cabin so that that's kind of cool to think about yeah yeah I don't remember seeing you at all my first year you may have been in a different cabin or maybe probably, that perhaps but- 2012 no, my first year was 2008. Oh, yeah. good. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, no. a lot of babies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, because I had Kim before you guys got married. Okay, um, that's Because right. I remember that. I remember her talking about her fiance and, and stuff like that. Um, But I my first year was the red shirts, the, like, Christmas year. Okay, yep. I, I know who I counseled with. I don't think I had you. Yeah, that's... No, that's I don't think so either. Um... Yeah, I remember I had Candace was the person who yep. took care of me. I don't know anything about her. I don't know where she is, or but I know you her. Know the funny I know thing is, is I think can- the Candace you're talking about, I believe, is Lou and Jerry Tibbetts' granddaughter. Hmm. So uh, they used to be the camp director and his wife. Okay, um, yeah. That was he was the camp director when I was a kid. So if it's the same Candace, that's that might be it. I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, maybe she was. I think blonde. But hashtag where's Candace? Let's find her. It's, yeah, it's just like the, the person you mentioned a few episodes ago. Um, so, yeah, no, it's funny because 
I think I was so just struck by how much I love the music and being with friends and um, like loving Jesus and things like that, that I just loved it so much. And then I think when I came back the next year, I knew what to expect. I knew what it was going to be like. And I was just so excited to do that. Um, so that's funny to hear your perspective that it, it really showed there was a difference. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that, but like, I remember taking you off to the side one time and saying, Annabelle, like, and we talked about it in a staff meeting. <laughs> we were like, oh, well, wow. I said, how do I handle this? And they're like, well, do you have a, you know, a mature camper that, you know, kind of knows her way around that could be a buddy with somebody. And I was like, yeah, I think so. And you were the one that came to mind. So Aww. it's just, it's just interesting. So did yeah. you go straight from junior music to, was it still senior music or did you go from junior music to worship arts? I had one year of senior music. Okay. Um, so my first year when I was going into ninth grade, that was still senior music. And then the next year when I was going into 10th grade was worship arts. Okay. So that was, would have been the year we were out for the yep. wedding and then you went to worship arts. Okay. What was the transition like going from junior music to senior music or junior music to eventually worship arts? I loved it. I one thing about the younger camps, which I think is really good, um, but going into ninth grade, it was fun to have the change. Um, the, in the younger camps, they really make you stick with your cabin. You have to um, like move with your cabin. You're just doing everything with them. And I think it's a safety issue and it's making sure that you're all friends in the cabin. So it's a good thing. But then we got to senior music and we're in ninth grade and like we were allowed to hang out with anybody <laughs> in the whole camp. And so I remember making so many more friends and like getting to like, go mini golfing with people in different cabins and stuff. So I remember really, really enjoying that. And I also felt like I got to know other counselors. I got to know um, like the people who were in charge of music, like Tammy um, and in junior music, I just didn't feel like it was such an open environment where you could get to know everybody and everyone could pour into your life. It felt more like, this is your cabin. Those are your counselors. Don't talk to anybody else. Okay. Um, <laughs> which maybe wasn't the point but I loved that aspect I also loved um well and then going to worship arts that was the really cool change where um we started focusing more on worship instead of like putting on a performance mm -hmm. um and I felt like that was a lot more practical and it was also more um, moving and more fun um and and even more close-knit like mm -hmm. that the staff cared even more about us and we're in touch with us even more mm -hmm. than it was at senior music so oh, yeah. every transition i felt brought that closer and closer well you get that a cool sense. rare perspective um, like we get to have of you got to be a part of the very beginning of worship arts so like you know it'll never never ever be the way that it was the first couple of years so no no it, when amy was everything and um <laughs> i went when the first year amy was the speaker and the worship leader and um i don't know what else she did Game coordinator like yeah. every, she did everything she did everything we didn't um, except for probably what tammy does and what the counselors do yeah. we didn't meet her until that saturday yeah wow. started like so she didn't know i think she knew chrissy and tammy and that's it i think <laughs> I think those are like the only people she knew coming into camp. Like the two of us and Ryan, like we looked at Amy, it was like deer in the headlights look like. Oh, she knew us, how. None of us really knew what, what was going on. It was kind of funny. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, she knew Holly. And then besides us and Brian, the other counselors all came like from the camp. So yeah. yeah. So that's that's interesting to hear that. I was I've never asked anybody like what that transition was like for them. So it just struck me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't I get to experience that, like Corey. That's yeah. We're we're outsiders. I definitely felt like the most um <laughs> felt like the most gen once we made the switch to worship arts, I also felt like the speakers changed. I have no memory of speakers in junior music or the first year of senior mm-hmm. music. All I remember is the music and being with my friends. But once we start worship arts, I actually remember every speaker. Yeah. And like kind of kind of what they talked about and how it made me feel and stuff. So an emphasis was, I feel like, put on that that I hadn't noticed before. That's fair. That's probably a little product of being older, too. That, too. That makes a lot of sense as well. <laughs> I would guess. I Like, I don't want to discredit any other no. camp in any way for that. Um, you know, older camps, I got to imagine you probably retain different aspects of it differently probably yeah although you go to 100 years of camp and i have little memory of some of the speakers we've had now because <laughs> uh, <laughs> it all blends together mm-hmm. are there um any particular moments or people or stories from camp that stick out to either one of you um, well, I had mine. Um, yeah, the, so definitely had both like a, a moment and some people, but like for the the moment that sticks out to me is like from my first year when I was my only year that I was a camper there was like um, sort of the that first or second night. I feel like it was early on in the week. It might have been later, but there was like this one night where like everybody was staying up late, like in the cabin together. I think we had just had like a really good night of worship and we were all like, going back to the cabin and it was like it was getting pretty late but like everybody and like both you and brian were kind of like up and we were having like our discussion in that little side room um and it just felt like uh that for me was like probably the uh, it was like a really vulnerable yet very safe setting for a bunch of teenage guys to just sort of talk to each other about the experiences in their lives and like a lot of teenage boys like have really similar struggles um i mean like everybody's story is different but also the way that i remember like i related with so many of these other young christians um in a lot of ways that i was like i didn't feel before that like you know anybody was experiencing the same struggles as me Hmm. um but like because we had this safe space where everybody could talk openly about it i was like oh i relate to these guys um, in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. so that was probably the moment that stood out to me was like just this this moment of like you know, safety yet vulnerability that we all shared together. Um, I think that I bonded really well with that group of guys because of that. Yeah. Um, that does always stick out. That, like, that was a cool group. Yeah, around. that was a really cool. Good I, roster. I have, I have no of, yeah, I was about to say, I have no context of what of what the group was like before and, and even the years after, because it was a few years before I came back to council. But like even just being involved in that one year, I got the feeling that it was like a sort of a set apart year for the guys' cabin. Um, but that being said, I feel like anybody who goes to worship arts camp can probably feel that way about the week that they were there. Like it was set apart somehow. Um, uh, but aside from that, like also just the people that stuck out to me were definitely like you guys and like you, John and Brian, like the counselors in our cabin. Uh, like it was really cool to watch you guys talk with us and like, you know, have a, com- a couple of conversations myself, but just the way that um, you guys really exemplified 
meeting people where they are and that's especially tricky i feel like for young adults and for you know these high school kids um where it's just like it's it can be difficult to know how to talk to somebody who's who's younger than you like in terms of just trying to be relatable um and down to earth and put things in terms that they'll really understand and latch on to but you guys like really did that perfectly and uh for me it was like especially now that i've come back to council a year and david was there um, we were in the cabin with brian and i was i was like i i want david and me to be like the next generation of you guys like that was that was me something that i think david and i share we, we have that perspective well and one thing you said made me think um like i always say like vulnerability fosters vulnerability and so when you have a couple people being vulnerable it makes everybody else feel safe to feel vulnerable and i think that's something that you don't get in other settings so like if you're going to Sunday school or going to like a small group, that's like an hour a week. Mm -hmm. Whereas like camp, you're 24 seven with these people for a whole week. Yeah. And it creates an environment where people feel comfortable to share and be real with each other that you don't have like in the workplace or at high school because mm -hmm. you're focused on other things. And so it creates moments for that to happen that you just don't, you're not gonna get anywhere else. Yeah. Kind of cool. Sex messages. <laughs> that's cool um so do you can you think of anything like that changed in your life as a result of camp like how was it before how was it after like you get to go first this time i do okay <laughs> um I think a big thing that changes the helps, I don't know, I, I feel like camp for me, I've never had a big testimony moment at camp. Um, like as Kim mentioned, I was kind of a strong Christian as a kid because I went to Christian school um, and I had parents who were really strong Christians. But for me, camp has always been kind of um, like a spiritual self-care. Feel like it's a week when i get to reconnect to god and it's a week that i really feel god unlike any other time um and i especially feel so close when we do the worship and so i feel like i get to leave camp feeling renewed like that and feeling like i can go back to my church and lead worship and feel more connected um even though it's a really tiring week it, you don't feel burnt out or at least i don't feel burnt out it helps me feel more energized and so I think that's a big thing for me, um, even as a counselor, that it just like it helps pour into me so that I can go out and serve and, and keep moving forward that way um, instead of just like getting tired doing like church service and stuff like that. So I think that's a big impact in my life. OK, before Corey goes, that's a big testimony moment, though. So don't say you don't have a big <laughs> testimony. So think about it this way. What, everything you just said is like your spiritual oil change and like <laughs> if you did not have camp and have those regular oil changes you would have yeah. those big testimony moments that you don't feel you have because you'd have a lot bigger more obvious traumas in your life yeah. dragging you away yeah so, you got it girl like it's there <laughs> thanks yeah that's a yeah. good 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 point yeah. <laughs> um my background is actually really similar because I was, I mean, I also went to the same Christian school. Um, I was raised Lutheran. I was, you know, so like my entire life I've had Christ in it. Um, 
So it wasn't like a big um, coming to God change or testimony, but it was very much uh, similarly. It was it was a it was a rejuvenation of spirit. It was like oh, the presence of the Lord is here, um, and that's that's something that you you kind of learn, especially when you go to these types of camp as a kid. It's like easy to kind of like be on fire for a week and then go home, and like that was, uh, and then you know kind of doesn't feel like anything changes in your day-to-day life after that um like it quickly burns off um so like experiencing something i feel was as potent as my one week as a camper at worship arts in terms of like feeling the holy spirit i definitely went home being like okay how do i preserve this in the future because i want to have more experiences like this and i want them to be lasting in my life and so that it gave me that perspective of like okay i need to i need to be more intentional about feeling this way more every day um so that was definitely my kind of my biggest takeaway spiritually did you have like any actions or anything from that so you recognized that and then were you like okay checklist time right did these I, things Corey's I, not really a checklist I, was say, person. I, I wish that Me i neither. could say i wish <laughs> that i could say i had an immediate you know progressive effect because of that and and the truth is i it it comes with time it comes with routine and you know the first time being being like really intentional about it um i i think that it was better but it you know it wasn't well do you mind me sharing a little bit about that time period sure well that was like a time period of a lot of um well i mean especially you i think you were 19 um, and it was really a time period of a lot of spiritual yeah. growth for Corey. And so I think it maybe was more of a catalyst than anything because mm-hmm. he really underwent maybe a year or a year and a half of shifting and changing as a Christian and as a man and learning how to um, live on his own. And, I'm and still shifting a, and changing as a Christian and as a man. <laughs> well, I feel like you're in a really strong but, place yeah. now. And at that time, it was a really yeah. rocky place in your Definitely. Christianity. That was the most turbulent for sure for me yeah so i think it was a helpful grounding experience mm-hmm. like yes this is what i believe this is what i want mm-hmm. but like i think it, it took some more time to get a little more solid yeah to get into better habits mm-hmm. for sure but i think it was a good thing because i think yeah. before that moment i think you were a little um cynical and a little like i believe in god but i don't know you know what i mean yeah yeah, I don't know. I it was a long time ago. It was for sure. Um, but yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that was that year in particular was like if there was one year in my high school life a that, that I needed it most, it was that year for sure, just in my personal life. So that also had a lot to do with like whether or not I was able to maintain habits. But I definitely came away wanting to and like wanted to figure out how can I be more intentional about that. And even though it wasn't successful right off the bat you know, years later, that experience and that wants to be more intentional did shape, you know, my That's intentions cool. later on. That's a way to go, Annabelle's mom. Yeah. <laughs> you guys there. Man. All right. So speaking of that, if you find yourself in a position like your mom was, Annabelle, where you're talking to maybe parents of prospective campers or talking to prospective campers themselves, what are you going to tell them if they have, you know, hesitations or re- reservations on going to camp? Mm. Um, I want to tell people to be brave, to just try something new. 
um, because it is scary to try something new. I definitely agree with that. But also, you're going to an environment where people are so welcoming and mm -hmm. so loving and helpful. If you are new, people are going to help you. Um, but then on top of that, like camp is a place where you can experience things that you're not going to experience elsewhere. And so you really have to be brave and to step into something new in order to experience the things we're talking about. Um, you're just not going to get it at your home church where you're only there an hour a week or two hours a week. You know, it's something so encompassing that you, that, so I think just be brave, just try it mm -hmm. and it'll be great. Yeah. Guarantee. <laughs> that's yeah the annabelle guarantee i had a thumbs up you can't see that on the podcast can't, but... you can't see that on the audio no, no. <laughs> Corey, how you say? how would you convince them just duct tape and zip ties or i yeah, have it in my back pocket uh <laughs> but, no, but no i i think it depends on what the hesitations are because i mean mm. such a big week emotionally and socially and spiritually there can be plenty of small concerns or things to be nervous about but like you know, if the hesitation is social, you'll never meet, uh, in my experience at, at Worship Arts, you'll never meet a group of more welcoming individuals ever. Like Also, if it's social, like you can always request a camp, like a bunk buddy. Yeah. You know, if you're going with a friend, you can request them. Or if you mm -hmm. know a counselor, you can request to be in that counselor's cabin. Yeah, you can like, yeah, you can hitch along with a friend or bring a friend if you don't know anybody who's going yet, you know, uh, and that makes your experience that much more fun, in my opinion. It was really cool to have... Cause like I've I've kind of followed Annabelle um, to a couple different places. Like I followed her to camp, and like her circle became my circle. I followed her a year behind to Spring Arbor where we went to college, and her circle became my circle. So like, for me, I think that that's a really good way to, um, if you if you have so, uh, social hesitations about going to this camp for a week, it's like you know find somebody who's either going or somebody to bring along who. Um, you know, you can create a circle with them. Like that's, that's always a really good way to make yourself feel comfortable faster. Mm -hmm. um, but even without that, again, it's, it's such a welcoming group of people, both like in campers and leadership. Um, it's, it's really just, it's a, it's a nurturing environment, I think. 